That's Jeremy Bryan. And that's Caroline Steele. And this is HR Alchemist. Alchemist. Women in tech, we're trying to understand some of the frustrations and obstacles that women face, especially in the tech industry. Today's podcast episode includes two guests who are very accomplished in their own right, but they also have lately been doing a lot in terms of diversity and inclusion and also for women in tech and highlighting some of the issues that women face. And our guests for today's podcast are... Hi, everyone. My name is Lena Zubite. I ended up in Germany, in Berlin, I, even though I'm Lithuanian, because I'm quite an adventurer. So I have lived in four different countries and worked there. And now I work as a QA consultant at ThoughtWorks. And hi, Danielle Raelich. I'm the CEO and CTO of a company called Intrepida. And I found myself in Zurich, Switzerland, although um, born and raised in Boston and have been a technical consultant for, for 10 years. And I'm now trying a new adventure uh, as a startup entrepreneur. I got the chance to speak at Women in Tech Global Conference, which had a goal to unite 100,000 women in tech. I felt extremely grateful to be there to speak about a topic I care about. It was called, It's Not Easy Being a Woman in Tech, How to Help Yourself and Others Make It Better. There I touched on challenges that women face as well as how could we tackle this and improve the situation. The funny thing and also the fascinating part of it was that there were so many women writing to me after the talk saying, wow, I could connect to you so much. I could relate. I face the same things. I hope I have positivity to drive change. It just made me realize that it's such a global conversation. The extent of this problem, it's everywhere. And a lot of women think it's just how it is and, you know, we should just be silent and not talk about it. And talking about it really made me realize that we should talk about it more and we should be not afraid to say things that make us uncomfortable. Empathy and kindness are often deemed as feminine qualities and even seen as a weakness in some workplaces. As a female entrepreneur, what are some of the stereotypes that you've faced? Yeah, so many. I've been leading our technical team. I've been leading technical teams for over 11 years, 12 years now. And so I introduced myself as CEO and CTO explicitly. And regardless of that fact and the words coming out of my mouth, I have a male co-founder and it's something like nine times out of 10, they will ask where our database is to him. Like, oh, what cloud environment are you using? And he's a PhD in medical genetics. Brilliant man. Absolutely brilliant. But it's one of those, like, I've explicitly introduced myself and somehow they just can't put together, like, a woman in tech. And, like, I don't know, that just doesn't even happen. So that's probably my most frustrating um, stereotype from the entrepreneur angle. But there's more kind of subtleties that I've noticed. And it's in investor discussions or kind of general VC discussions where I'd say I probably am more on the empathetic, kind, I hope, (laughs) most times angle I feel like sometimes it's perceived as weakness, especially in a startup environment where I think startups are like, I don't know, everyone attributes like ferocious, competitive, much more hard terms, I guess, with the environment. And if you don't come in with that perspective, it's sometimes perceived as like, oh, you know, you need help or are, you know, you're confused. Like I get more of those types of questions. Like, do you understand the risk? Do you know that NLP models are hard? I'm like, yeah, I actually do. Thanks. <laughs> like, 
thanks for asking. So it's like that, it's a stereotype you can't exactly point to, but you feel it in the questions and the kind of response you get. And why I love this question is also because BCG just issued an article called Women as the X Factor, which actually talks about how before being very like alpha male was kind of considered like leadership. And now that the world is changing at an insane pace, I mean, with pandemics and apocalyptic kind of things, you really have to be fast paced. And this is stereotyping, but like women with that empathy or these like softer attributes are actually becoming more powerful leaders because they can bring together teams because they have facilitate that collaboration. And I absolutely love that article. You should 100% check it out. And I love Star Trek, so it really reminded me of what, like, Captain Picard does with his commanders. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> go lady. Do you find yourself sort of developing or acquiring new behaviors in these scenarios with raising money and meeting with different VCs? Do you feel like you put on a front sometimes? I'm not very good at pretending. So, <laughs> so I'd love to, and I try to, like, amp myself up. Um, if I am doing a presentation, I use Beyonce's trick where she has, like, her alter ego so I do try that just to be a little bit more of a, of a presence, but um, especially with VCs and that whole environment, I, you are kind of looking at a partner relationship and you want to work with someone that you know you can work well with. And so if someone's coming off that way to me and already giving those signs, then to me, that at least is an easy way to go through my list. <laughs> About the experiences and the empathy and the kindness, I think it's extremely important that sometimes we tend to get an advice as women in tech, be bold, lean in. I hate it. I hate it so much. When I joined consulting, someone told me, oh, why are you doubting? Just be bold. Just be you. And I did not feel bold at all. I felt like I'm extremely vulnerable. I'm fragile. I don't know what to do. I'm doubting every step I'm taking. I'm thinking if tech is for me, and someone just says, oh, just be bold, forget about everything. I don't say for women to lean in. What I would say, just do it. Because usually there is this perception that feminine has some kind of bad connotation. And I think it's coming from history. Because if we look at ancient Greece, women were considered to have smaller intellectual abilities than children. This is a fact. Women from early age were told to learn about domestic things rather than, you know, do intellectual uh, activities. They couldn't even advise their husbands. Even in modern history, some historical facts, most of countries allowed women to vote just in 20th century or access to education on 18th century. So we lived in, for thousands of years in oppression or half of the world. <laughs> so there's no wonder that we have lots of leftovers in tech as well, which are affecting the way we work with women, the way we actually form stereotypes. I feel like we should lean in and it's extremely hard because often we are told not to do it and we don't do it. And this is related to the stereotype talk as well. The fact that a lot of women internalize that they are bad in tech, even though they're not bad at math as well. This could be as well one of the things. And there have been experiments done that stereotypes play a huge role in that. So if there were two groups uh, of as well men and women who get a task to solve and one of them says this math problem does not have any gender difference based on the previous research and another group has usually women underperform in this task. And actually women tend to play the stereotype. 
when they hear about the fact that they will underperform, they do underperform, even though they wouldn't underperform in those extents if they don't hear the stereotype. So I think we internalize a lot of things. And then we see this very masculine tech business sometimes. And it makes us scared and as well makes us think, hey, should I be bold? And <laughs> should I be just a, a dude, basically, to be successful? I think we shouldn't, but it's extremely hard to keep your authenticity going. I feel like, as Danielle said, some of the more commonly known feminine qualities are understood as weaknesses, which is the worst part. And I don't want to live in the world where being kind is a weakness. I don't want to live as well in the world where being feminine is a weakness. That's, that's Lena Zubita. What you said reminded me of the Rosenthal effect or the Pygmalion effect where you use this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. And I do actually feel, I often think I'm bad at math. I'm kind of curious, like, how would you overcome in that situation? No, I've, I've been in similar situations where I think it's the, the style sometimes of, with women is a little different and they can perceive that as not being as confident, which is wrong. And that's where, I mean, thankfully I can just be like, okay, well, like I'll sit with her and let's like look at the code together and see what happens and it'll be fine. <laughs> I'll just be like, okay, so the gap here is communication, right? Or perception. That's, that's a different one. But I know also there is this tendency, I've, I've heard this legitimately, that you don't want a woman on the team because it disrupts the dynamic. That's one that I like to challenge because that's the whole point. <laughs> like, it's like fantastic. I always ask for kind of measurable points or evidence against that. And if they can't show like, oh, they made these kind of mistakes in their code or they didn't approach the problem with the right answer, then if I don't have measurable evidence, then I don't think there's a problem. And that's kind of how I try to take out some of the bias. But if you just ask, you know, and they say, like, oh, yeah, I just feel like this isn't good, then you're going down a never-ending circle. But I'd love to hear, Lena, what your experience. It's funny, actually, because this is coming from society in general. The fact that if a woman CEO enters the room, there will be so many questions. Okay, who's your husband? Is your husband the CEO? Or, you know, assumptions that if someone achieves a lot, then, you know, they had some helper. This reminds me of ancient Rome, right? You had to have a guardian to a man because otherwise you would lose your fortune because alone as a woman, like, what can you do? <laughs> so it reminds me of this fact that we, in societies, we do have this thing that we, as women, somehow have to convince that we're good at in tech. It's hard to grasp it, but it comes so naturally that a lot of people, without conscious decision do that. It's, it's funny because some of the friends I have, they would even play by the rules in a sense. Let's say I have a friend who has a perfect site and uh, she is a programmer. So when she goes to meetings, she wears glasses. So she has glasses and that's the her trick to actually say that I am nerdy at least. Another example would be there was this pharmaceutical company and there was this lady who was driving this company, if you remember the infamous story, and she would actually lower her voice. So she had natural voice. There are recordings of her. She speaks in a higher pitch. And just to make impression, she would need to be more manly, I could say. And that's a terrible thing. Coming back to the first original question, so what would we do in situations when, let's say, women are just rejected because they're women and we don't even know their abilities. So again, we, we have to 
question people and we do need to get real evidence that would give us their actual abilities rather than someone's perceptions. However, we are in the world where being a man is enough of a proof very often in tech that they are capable. While being a woman, it can be extremely hard. And the question here would be also how we could make it easier. There is one old article from 2013, which says why so many incompetent men become leaders. It's a really nice article. And there, actually, they are tackling the issue from a little bit different point. So they are saying, we often talk about obstacles that women face, but maybe we should talk about the lack of obstacles for men. Because there's huge privilege and there's lots of leftover stereotypes that we have. And Cindy Gallup has said, yeah, maybe we should not teach women to say sorry less, but we should teach men to say sorry more. Yeah, I really like that because I feel like all of the articles or advice for women is always like, we need to be better. Like, oh, you need to change. You need to do this. And yeah, and it's really annoying. (laughs) Yeah, and it's already hard enough. So you have to always overcompensate for someone's lack of ability to communicate. I don't know. Yeah, we're tired. Come on. (laughs) I don't have time for this. One of the questions I was wondering is how do we make or design office spaces so that women are a bit more noticeable and more engaged in conversations, especially around leadership? I mean, on the, the physical side, I haven't personally encountered a lot of those challenges, but my co-founder has two children. She was actually pumping while we were kind of visiting clients and going on tour a little bit. Being with her and traveling with her, she actually she had to go pump during conferences and meetings and it was wild because I think one of the conferences even said like, oh, we're, we're 50-50 on the gender equality. Like they were really pushing the gender piece. And when she asked for where she could go pump, they literally pointed her to a closet that had no lights. <laughs> she had to sit you know, 15, 20 minutes in a dark room. And then she had, I mean, she has to carry a refrigerator for the milk. I'm just like, where can I put this? <laughs> and it's like, there's zero, zero thought to that. And, you know, in many cases, she's just directed to a bathroom where again, like, it's not the most comfortable spot, but um, that's one that as we've been traveling together, we've all felt, all three of us co-founders um, have, have felt that one quite a bit. On the other side, I used to work in war rooms. Those are uncomfortable as hell. <laughs> so it's like 12, 15 people. Um, some of my favorite war rooms were um, old server rooms. So zero windows. We used to get, come into the office with rat feces on our desk. We had to clean off first. Uh, so those are fantastic. And you just sit in a room with like 15 people, uh, women in tech, so you're usually the only one in a room of 15. I'm sure you guys have had similar experiences. Those are generally uncomfortable. <laughs> I think that's probably uncomfortable for men and women, but I think those war rooms hopefully will end soon. Yeah, it's, oh, it's just like awful design. I mean, I get the idea, but at the same time, it's like you're literally, and I mean, during especially like testing, you're in there from like 7 a.m. to 3 a.m. And trust me, it's like the last place you want to be for like 20 hours on end. So they're just, they're just very, very uncomfortable. So I mean, those redesigned would be absolutely lovely or just even letting us have more than like a foot of space with each other is also a great thing in general. But I think some of the now more, I guess, virtual, but other things is even with, um, if it's an all male team, and usually when I was starting in tech, they were all super young guys. They don't want to wake up till about 10, but they're happy to work till two. 
And for me, like I like being up early. Like I used to go for runs. I'm not that fit anymore, but I used to go for runs and kind of have a little bit morning routine. And at 2 a.m., my brain is dead. So like, and especially if you had you know families or partners, it's you know, these are young single guys who don't care that they're working till two or three in the morning, and you care because you have responsibilities you have to do in the morning, and you know you have to do things in the evening too. Um, so that kind of clash of scheduling, it was like heavily favored towards like single young men <laughs> and, and not a different kind. Yeah, I would add actually that a lot of startups are built and designed for that kind of uh, demographic. So it's usually ping pong table and uh, fridge full of beer and that's the marketing. Uh, <laughs> so often we are maybe building even offices having men in mind when we are designing. But there is some sort of stuff in male-dominated culture that I really feel like I'll never understand and never be able to be a part of. And I'm kind of curious, what you think? What do you think about it? I think definitely there is this uh, concept of so-called boys club, especially if you've read the Reset, uh, My Fight for Inclusion by Ellen Power. It's uh, about her experiences in venture capitalism, which is very man-dominated field. She said how hard it was sometimes to get included to certain situations. For example, poor venture capitalists would take a private jet. She would also take it and then there would be just four seats. And she sometimes would just run first to get a seat. Otherwise, they wouldn't include her. The thing is that a lot of these innocent, just how it is, boys will be boys, they will get a, a, a beer after the work. There's something hiding, which is the fact that there's a lot of conversations about work. There's a lot of things you're missing out as well. So th this, is, this is not just how it is. There should be more activities that could include people. In my team, and we created team events, we always spoke to everyone. And some people, for example, would prefer breakfast. They, they would like just to get a coffee in the morning. Maybe not everyone can join, but that's somehow an ability to spread this knowledge <laughs> over the different times of the day and create opportunity for others to join as well to learn more. So boys will be boys. Uh, let's throw this out. <laughs> and boys should be accountable as well, and they should share knowledge. And we also try to make it more inclusive. The fact that the, someone is not invited to something, I think that is already like a red flag. Sure, maybe they wouldn't even want to join. Maybe that friend wouldn't want to join the, the guys drinking beer after work. But the fact that they don't even want to invite her, that is telling something that for me is cringeworthy. So for all the men who are listening to this, I think you should keep in mind that you know, when, when we do bond, you're right, it should, never be, it should never be exclusive. By being visible as well and showing other women what you're doing, you're setting an example for younger women. And I think there's something to be said about the role of role models. What do you both think could be done a little bit better in encouraging younger girls to take up technology and maybe even follow sort of the path that you both have taken? I felt always like there was like a geeky, you have to be geeky, you have to be in a hooded t-shirt, you have to be like nerdy is the word you're using totally. Um, and like those people were instantly recognized as coders and that's like the profile. And especially if you think of like Zuckerberg as like a hoodie, but I think we need real role models who are actually successful and can do it in their own style. And that's what with like Code with Classy, I think it's awesome that she's showing like women, you don't have to be this like hooded sweatshirt. Yeah, you don't have to put on fake glasses. You, you know, don't have to look whatever, a certain, a certain type. 
you can be yourself, you can be feminine, which I think is awesome. And like, that's what a coder can look like. And I think that's super cool. I mean, I remember walking into my first coding classes, and you definitely feel like you don't belong. <laughs> it's like, you're the only woman for miles, you know, and everyone's like, why are you here? Are you lost? And you're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, solid start to learning, you know, and especially also like every other part of your career. But no, I absolutely love that. I think more of it should happen and I hope we get more role models and I hope we can be one. If we're lucky enough to be that for women, that's awesome. And I hope more women get to coding. It's just such a cool thing and it's not a male's job only. Absolutely. I agree fully that we should not show this masculine female role models, that we should just be authentic, real, vulnerable, <laughs> imperfect role models. But the fact is that there may not be that many right now that we could see. So it also could be because often media coverage and also <laughs> in, in general, we, we tend to talk more about men in tech and in coding than, than about women. And we also need to speak up a bit more. Like in journalism, for example, most of the pieces are written about men and by men and lots of women's issues or interests are not being uh, represented. So the same happens in tech that we don't hear that much about the role models. I feel we are in the stage where we have to be the role models because there is someone who's looking up to us and thinking, wow, you are not going this masculine, just, you know, power games, ego boosting leader. You are a real inspiring leader that I want to be someday. And I hope we also can be more empathetic leaders full of heart and be better role models. They are extremely important, but please don't imitate male voices <laughs> or wear certain clothes. Or even the example I said about my colleague wearing glasses to convince others that she's smart. It's really sad. Sad that we have to do it. Uh, maybe with time we can avoid these things. My second pet peeve about the space, like women can be in tech when it's femtech. I don't know if you've heard that term coined. I hate it. <laughs> it's like the only tech we can do is to like manage our periods and fertility. And it's like, that's the only kind of woman in tech they can understand. It's like, oh, okay, they, yeah, they can do this. And even there, it's usually like the CEO is a man and they just have like some woman figure shit, like leader role. But um, that one's so annoying to me because, yeah, you come in with like a real tech solution. You're like, hey, we're looking at, yeah, like NLP models or all these things. And that's like unfathomable. But menstruation, it's like, yeah, that, that's femtech. That's what women can do. Okay. To end on like a positive note, what changes have you seen in the last five years? Have you seen any changes in tech? And so I don't know if you've seen any changes in the last five year, positive changes. And, you know, where can we go from here? We definitely have a bigger representation of non-males in tech, which can be inspiring. It can feel so good to enter a team where there's also another non-male there. It inspires you to be yourself, the authentic you, and it brings in this different factor. So I think also when we spoke about boys clubs, we were talking about knowledge not being sharing, but it's also a different perspective that you're not inviting to the table. And this is why it's so exclusive. And sometimes it doesn't help us learn or grow because we are on purpose, not hearing what we don't want to hear, maybe, <laughs> because that's, that's privilege is the definition. So I think we have bigger representation, which brings us better understanding on what kind of issues we may be facing, what are the obstacles and what are the lack of obstacles as well, what is the privilege 
and we have more space to speak up about things. And I feel like we definitely, as women, have to support other women in tech. Sometimes some women can become witches in tech and they are like, oh, I had the difficult, so you will as well. I don't agree with that. I think we should help others and find the seat at the table and lend our privileges because we all have it one way or another. And I feel what got definitely better is that sometimes when I have these difficult conversations and I challenge my male colleagues who, for example, do not believe in a wage gap, there are male allies as well, which is inspiring because when they tell the same thing I was telling, the person who never believed it is more willing to believe because they are likely to listen to someone who's from similar group as they are. So this is quite inspiring. I feel there's still a long way to go, but we are getting better step by step and we should continue showing our real authentic selves in tech. Yeah, women are absolutely, like, we're finally getting there. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's not just you alone in the room these times, which is great. Although you definitely know when you're at a tech conference because you can count up to 10. And that's about it. But I met a software company actually in Berlin that's originally from Sweden, and it was a talk for International Women's Day. And I spoke with, with another woman, part of the company, and it was just so awesome. It felt like you were in a room of unicorns, and we were all just like, I love you, I love you. <laughs> it was like, really like, I don't know, you just felt this like power, you know, and you, it was cool to be around so many women in tech. You know, it was like, I don't know, it was just such a different feeling. And that was like, so inspiring. It was like, we are changing, like things are moving. This is, this is awesome. And I hope all of them will be my best friends forever. Also, like what I've seen changing on the male ally side, absolutely. I think when, when I first started, I felt like every, all the guys were testing me. They were like, oh, I mean, they told me like, oh, you know, women are here either because of the hiring quota or because, you know, you help clients feel better or whatever. They won't yell at us if a woman's in a room. Like you get all these excuses and then it takes a little bit. They see your work, right? And then you have credibility, repertoire in there. But once you kind of build that up, then you can have those honest conversations you were talking about that are uncomfortable. They're like, hey, you know, why don't you hire this? Or I shared things like I was interviewing someone for a position as a developer and it was a technical case study and I asked for his answer and he would not give me the answer because, quote, it's technical. And I told my guy friends with me, and this is LA, by the way, this isn't like, you know, some hick town, this is LA. And I, I told my male colleagues, like, this is insane. They're like, wow, I can't believe you see that. I can't believe this happens to you. Like, yeah, this is what's happening, you know. And when you start sharing this, like, they realize, and I remember at one of these happy hours, they kind of admitted to me, they were like, actually, you know, Danielle, I, you know, now that I've worked with you and everything, like, I just want to say, I feel really bad because I've actively not asked women to come to interviews because we train them up for a few years and then they go get married and they don't work anymore. So I don't even bother like interviewing women and I don't think that's right. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, that is incorrect. That's fantastic that you're seeing this, but it's like the dialogue's changing and they're, they're, they were realizing it and we were having those awkward, but like open conversations. And then, I mean, I was recently sharing with one of my friends, yeah, the experience of I'm introducing myself as a CTO and I get the like, oh, it's that guy? I'm like, no, it's me. <laughs> it is me. And I was sharing that with one of my friends that I've you know worked with for a long time on the technical side. And he just started laughing. He's like, they think you're not technical? <laughs> I was like, yes. And, you know, that was the feedback. You know, it's like, so it's just like it's super cool now that, you know, you've gone through these journeys and yeah, you've learned things. But I feel like on the male colleague side, like they've learned and when they're with you on it, like they also feel it. And now the conversations are, are changing and you see people want to make it different. So 
I think like all of that is awesome. And even seeing like women's soccer and like that becoming a thing, like I feel like it's the age of women we're coming. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I'm really hopeful for various reasons, but yeah, hopefully this is one of the last times we have to talk about gender and equity in tech. <laughs> one more thing about male allyship is the fact that people are not consciously not helping. They just may not know certain problems. So this is related with inclusion that Inclusion problems are invisible to those who don't face them. This is why we should speak up more about what, what situations we see, what is the normal that maybe should be questioned, what is the status quo that should be changed, then spread awareness and more people are going to be able to help because they will know about those things. Maybe this is not the last time we have to have this conversation, but I hope that we've highlighted some of the issues that women face in the workplace today. Thank you so much, Lena and Danielle, for taking the time to speak with us. And please reach out to them on LinkedIn and reach out to us and tell us what topics you want to hear about next. Thanks so much. Bye.